Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Sukuninska, hosted by me, Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Sukuninska while you're listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. And let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today started his career as part of JLS, the Jack the Lad Swings, getting to second place on the X Factor in the Series 1 by Alexander Burke. They had incredible songs including Beat Again, One Shot and Love You More. But after parting ways a decade ago, back in 2013, he started his second chapter in his life, stopping making music for making manure and starting a family alongside his wife Chloe. Since then, they now have two children and have created a home around a 50-acre farm, as well as him becoming one of the most in-demand TV presenters for all things animals. So now, as he heads into Chapter 3, he has merged his two worlds together. First, as he sets later this year alongside the JLS boys to going out on a UK and Ireland The Hits tour, and as an author for his debut novel Ace and the Animal Heroes, published by Puffin Books, dedicated to his son Ace. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome to Sikudinska, it's JB Gill. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. That's a lovely introduction. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Well, look, let's talk about your book, first of all, because I absolutely love that. And it's one of those books that, it's a children's book, but everyone should be reading it. It's not just for children. There's different messages I could take out than a child could take out. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? Yes, you know, all the different characters that I use are pretty much based around children. It is a children's book, so it's kind of for that middle grade audience, that middle grade age. So, you know, sort of your first chapter books up to about 11, 12. And obviously, if you're interested in, you know, the farm, the outdoors and stuff like that, of course, there are lots of themes that kind of revolve around, you know, around that. But as you say, like, a lot of it is based in reality as much as it's a fictional book. So I've tried to draw on personal experiences that I've gone through, certain things that I've had experienced in life, you know, and even just using certain um, you know aspects like you know the makeup of the family you know big topics of course which are you know very much popular in modern day society but just made it accessible for a younger audience which is interesting though you do it you know traditionally we'd obviously think about a white 
middle class nuclear family when we come to books and you've chosen to be ethnically diverse but not just ethnically diverse but actually a cohabitating couple rather than having a couple who are married or a couple who are even actually together out of love it's a couple who it's almost like an arrangement that wasn't necessarily something that I, I was deliberate you know incredibly deliberate about but for me kind of the focus really was on the relationship with Ace who's the main character in the book and the story and his relationship with his grandparents because I grew up without that relationship with my grandparents so on my mum's side I had met my grandfather but he lived in the Caribbean and you know unfortunately he passed away when I was about eight years old so I you know as you can imagine there weren't that many instances where I was able to interact with him on a, a profound level similarly on my dad's side my paternal grandmother had passed away before I was even born same with my maternal grandmother as well and similarly I didn't have any relationship at all with my paternal grandfather again he passed away before I was I'm very, very young. So for me, you know, now growing up, obviously having my own children and seeing their relationship with their grandparents, for me, I think it was just really interesting to to kind of portray that, put that out. And as you say, you know, as I as I you know touched on, as you say as well, there are so many different types of family units. Like you say, sometimes they're out of love, sometimes you know that there might be something that's you know major happen within the family, and you know it just happens to be the way that the family function and the family, the way that the family are living together. So throughout the book, I wanted everybody to feel like they could you know almost take away or, or recognize a piece of themselves within the book. And obviously, as I say, my children are a huge inspiration for that. But similarly, my experience, my life, and the things that I. I've gone through were also a huge inspiration for that. Well, let's talk about a couple of those themes from the book. The first is obviously Gaga, the grandmother of the family. And throughout the book, it's all about her cooking, these weird, incredible creations. It made me so hungry. But all the way through, we see her creating <laughs> big dishes, but also dishes that you're not normally going to get, but also having food at the centre of any single conversation. So where did the inspiration from that come from, from your own growing up, JB? From my family on both sides, has always been a central part of what we do, you know, whether it's a birthday or a gathering or even just a barbecue in the garden, do you know what I mean? It's always sort of bring a dish, be part of, you know, that this bigger family community so for me you know I, I definitely wanted to put something like that across and and as I say that like, I've always enjoyed eating and enjoyed my food enjoyed the different parts of my culture obviously coming from the Caribbean as well people can access here in the UK but not perhaps as much so a lot of the fruit and the, the you know the vegetables are completely different to the fruit and vegetables that we get here in the UK so what I wanted to do obviously was make sure that you know some of those aspects some of those you know circumstances and, and those experiences were brought into this but just to you know as i say paint a different picture for people is to say you get the traditional fruit and veg and stuff like that and ace is the main character you know loves his apples which is one of the things that i bring out that in the book and, and my little boy ace absolutely loves his apples but then at the same time you know i remember when i was younger if my parents or a family member came over from the caribbean they'd always bring things like sugarcane and mangoes and stuff like that which as i say you can get in this country but obviously a lot more difficult The second idea that I love is the fact that there's a little make-believe, the fact that Ace can hear the animals talking. And I think growing up, we all did that. I used to teach my teddy bears. I used to pretend I was a teacher, and I remember I'd go on holiday, and we would take a suitcase of teddy bears, 20 teddy bears, and they'd all line up, and they'd be in school at lunchtime. And I used to talk to the teddy bears as if I was the teacher. What was it like for you growing up with that idea of make-believe? Who were you talking to? That's a good question. I think, you know, I've got a younger brother and we're not too that, that far away in age, um, about 18 months. And I think for us, it was just like you say that make believe, but it was just play. You know, so whether we had, um, you know, I don't know, a superhero 
or a doll of some kind, whatever it might be, you know, it's almost just, as I say, instigating that play, whether it was with each other or independently as well. So, you know, a lot of the play that I did was with him because, as I say, we were quite close in age and, you know, obviously at home on the weekends and stuff like that, we do stuff together. Um, for others, I guess if they're, you know, you know, single or only children or whatever, you know, they might play more internally themselves. For me, what really triggered it and one of the reasons, again, why I wanted to bring it into the book is because, of course, we keep animals here um and when i was young i didn't have any pets um and as obviously i've, I've grown older moved out you know my family home come to live here had our own family and so on we've got dogs and cats and obviously farm animals as well turkeys chickens and pigs and all sorts of stuff and for me it's always been that question of like if an animal could hear you and you could understand what it was saying it was thinking how would that kind of come out you know what would you hear what would you say what would they be thinking and obviously you'd be able to know directly you know kind of their thoughts and, and, and their processes so for me it would obviously it helped me to understand them better and I, again I wanted to kind of put that onto Ace and, and the younger people within the story because I think there's something beautiful in the interaction between children and animals and I know obviously that you know animal therapy and things like that are really or can be really really helpful for for send children or well, send people in general but you know uh, um, people from different educational backgrounds or educational needs disabilities and so on so for me as I say you know imagine if you had something that could enable you to actually access you know those thought phrases access that communication it would be amazing so that's why I wanted to include it in the book well that's the mental health angle of it what about the logistical angle if there was someone in the world that you could hear what they were thinking who would it be and why probably be someone like Bill Gates because I just think anybody involved in the tech industry tech things don't come very easily so you know I'd love to understand how these things work and be able to get my head fully around it well, hold on a minute hold on hold on hold on there's Three parts of your book, which are tech innovations. You have the diner packer that packs up the clothes. You have the litter picker to pick yep. up the litter. The pole to check on the weather. You know your tech, my friend. <laughs> no, I love my tech. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why Gigi is kind of the mastermind behind this, because she has that Bill Gates mind. You know, she's an innovator over her career. And obviously, she's got a background uh, design and technology and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, so it's almost me sort of living out, you know, that dream of being able to understand that world a bit better. As I say, like for me, it's an interest. You know, I'm very interested in that world, how it all works. It's not something that comes naturally, naturally to me, you know. I think I'm very much more a literary person so I like to read and I like to write and you know even within JLS I'm you know that's kind of how I express myself creatively almost more arty as opposed to technical I absolutely love that world I'm fascinated by it so yeah as I say GG was kind of uh, me reliving that the final theme I want to talk about in the book is a sense of belonging. We know that Ace has a bit of a, oh, do I belong to the school urban area? Do I belong to the rural area? But actually even more interesting is the, I suppose, the devil, the evil villain of the book is Council Crabton. And not to give any spoilers away, but he has been on his own journey, which has meant that he's bitter now. What I'm interested in is what do you think he should have done? Because rather than just being bitter at the world, do you think he should have had that therapy when he'd gone through certain events in his earlier life? Yeah, for me, I think it's really interesting because, of course, Council Crabbington goes through lots of things personally before he gets to that point where he's interacting with Ace. There's two aspects to it, I guess. Firstly, him going through those experiences and dealing with it and coming out the other side, but then also not painting everybody with the same brush. Now, he kind of obviously has that experience with the young kids and loses almost everything that he has in his life. And then comes out of it and almost blames every child or you know suspects every child for having that sort of negative connotation towards him but 
actually the reality is that you know you've got you know you've got kids like ace and bear and you know some of the other kids that, that are in the, the the stories and and hopefully being stories to come where actually they want to do good you know and it's they're not the same as the other kids that were you know creating mischief and whatever and i think that's you know a conversation wider in society of course you know when i was growing up at school and stuff that i love school but not everybody enjoys that experience but actually as you then transition into you know an adult firstly you learn you develop you mature you change you go into your work life in your work environment you don't want to be sort of you know tar with that same brush as perhaps you were when you were at school or whatever and you know as I say there's always room for people to grow and always room for people to change and ultimately that's what that sort of part of the, the story was all about. And how does that reflect on you? We obviously know you from the X Factor which when you did the X Factor it was massive. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you had such a fandom of girls chasing you all the time, you're the big boy band of your era, then you have your music, then you obviously change and adapt. And, you know, in the past decade, like I said earlier on, you've changed your outlook on life, the way you live your life. How's your mental health changed on that journey and your sense of belonging to society? For me, I think it's reinforced it as you go along. You know, sometimes you can have doubt about, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, and obviously being part of JLS is a massive shift and a massive change from, you know, sort of being... At the time I was at university and I you know, had a big decision to make whether I was going to continue my studies or, you know, we were going to give JLS to go. Of course, we did the X Factor, had huge success on that. And off the back of that, we had an you know, opportunity to make our way in a career that we'd all been dreaming of. So for me, you know, it's kind of like stepping out and making that change is often daunting for anybody, whether it's music or any other career, pro- career prospect. But at the same time, like you say, you know, at every juncture, you're making big changes. Or for me anyway, they've been big changes and they impact and affect everybody. Not 
not just myself. You know, now if I'm making a you know, decision even to use this, this example to write a book, taking that time out, you know, being able to sit down and focus on that, spending months creating it and coming up with ideas and processing it and publishing it and all that sort of stuff impacts on the family so sometimes as i say you can be challenged you know when you're trying to come up with with stuff you know you need to have the support of other people around you and as i say for me that translates into well for everybody but also into society as a whole and certainly my mental health journey because you have to have other people to support your mental health as well as be able to work on yourself as an individual and you're right, there's that obviously the element of compromise when it comes to writing, but equally going on tour this year, you're doing the hits to JLS, there has to be a compromise yeah. as well because you're spending so much time on the road and yet you're neglecting the farm life, neglecting the family life. You can't just go home every single day. So was it hard for you to sign up now that you've got this whole new world that you're living in? No, because I think now we're at a stage where JLS is more periodic if I can say that, rather than, you know, all-encompassing. And of course, you know, when we were doing it the first time, if you want to call it that, after X Factor, you know, every single day, of course, was dedicated to what we were doing and we were travelling and we were away for, you know, months on end at times. And of course, yes, we are going on tour, but, you know, and we are still releasing music and we have, you know, had albums out and stuff. You know, everybody will say, yeah, we're cool, we're comfortable, we're happy in, you know, in the place where we are and we can dedicate our time to this rather than it sort of, not to say that it was an obligation the first time, but, you know, there was more of a sense of, you know, we're on this roller coaster let's just keep going let's go let's go let's go let's go now of course because we've taken that initial step back and everybody's done individual things now it's a case of actually we want to do this you know what i mean we want to focus on this time and now as i say yes okay it's going to be a good chunk of time it probably be about two three months for me anyway at the end of the year but actually we've structured it in such a way that everybody can still do personal stuff if they need to you know and when you're actually on the road once the tour's actually started I don't spend a great, a massive deal of time away from home. If we're at a venue that's like relatively close to home, so, you know, just say Birmingham, we can often travel back that night, have a morning at home, do bits and pieces, and then go back on the road. And it just depends on where you are. Of course, if we're up in Glasgow or somewhere, then, you know, we might stay overnight or stay over a couple of nights. But if we're, as I say, down in Brighton, Brighton's not far from me. Of course, the London shows, places like Nottingham and, and Birmingham aren't that far away from home. So we make it work, you know, and we manage. And it's it's something that's fluid. And as I say, because we're making that conscious decision, that conscious choice to to be a part of it, it's a beautiful thing. So do you think JLS for now, the three months at the end of the year is the UK and the Ireland tour, and that's kind of it for a while. It's not right, we're back in the studio every single day and night, writing new albums, taking the tour around Europe, taking it around the world, and you know, following the likes of Take That, which is just straight hardcore into touring and new albums all the time now. Well, I mean, we do, like we did a new album, obviously, on the last tour. Um, or the, at the end of the last tour and we were in the studio for that whole process as you know we've written our songs over the years as well so you know that's the, and certainly for me you know I love being in the studio that's something that I really enjoy that process as well is you know incredibly not only therapeutic but it's a way that I best express myself so I love doing that as I say there's a time and a place for that and I think for this tour obviously it's just going to be the tour and it's just the hits as you say so that's kind of you know a lot of our songs that people know and love and want to hear when they you know when they come to the show but as I say you know we're not we, we've never ruled out doing new music again whether in the new year we, we look at that in the past of course we've done summer shows as well so there might be an opportunity for us to do that and just keep the ball rolling a bit longer but as I say you know we've also got personal things that we all want to do and we all want to accomplish and achieve so it's very much always been an open discussion 
we sit down, we work out, okay, what we want to do, how we can fit it into the year, whatever that is, when we want to talk about it, you know, how we're going to promo it, whether we're going to do new singles, new albums, new tours, whatever. So, you know, that's always an ongoing discussion. And I think we've got to the point now where we can make that conscious decision together and say, yeah, this is the right time for us to do this. Here we go. We're going to go and do it. You know, the beautiful thing about it is that you want anybody, all of us individually to do what we love to do. I think for me, especially when you're talking about mental health, one of the best ways to work, if you're able to, is to, to do what you love. That makes the difficult times a whole lot easier. You know, that makes that dedication and, and, and the focus and the drive so much easier and the discipline as well. And, and so for me, I think being able to do what you love is really important. That was always the case, of course, within JLS, but that was our starting point. And now we still have that. We still have that that unity, that bond, that group togetherness. But at the same time, as I say, like for me, I speak from my perspective, I've got a family, you know, and I've got young children. So for me to be on the road all the time, perhaps wouldn't be ideal. So for us to, you know, as I say, have group discussions and, and talk about it. You talk about the big songs that you're going to be doing. The other thing that happens on every tour is there's a little medley of other songs. So Westlife did Ava last year, the time before that, they did a whole thing about Beyonce. What are you going to be doing special on the JLS tour that's not the JLS songs? Well, we're in talks at the moment of doing like a little DJ set. So in tours past, we've had DJs come and support us, whether they're radio DJs or local DJs or whatever, and come and sort of like, you know, hype the crowd up. And it gave us an idea to do something like that ourselves on tour. So what we're going to do is kind of have like a on stage DJ battle. So there'll be two of us on one sort of side of the, the arena, two on the other side of the arena, and we'll basically go back to back so we'll play songs that people will love from the noughties from the 90s even up to obviously the current day popular songs right now number one to hype the crowd up but number two kind of just to bring that bit of nostalgia back and again it's not something we've never done before like you say on previous tours we've done carver sections you know we've done like chris brown versus usher we've done loads of stuff over the years but yeah i think you know that that'd be pretty cool pretty exciting and keep the vibe high you know which has always been the case with our shows we've always wanted to bring high energy lots of dance massive of color lots of fun and cater to everybody in the audience whether they be in their 60s or six you know so yeah we're looking forward obviously to being able to bring something like that so yeah you never know you might hear your favorite covers in that one too oh amazing and talk to me about your rider list that's my favorite question always ask music artists <laughs> on their rider list because they always vary from uh, people to people red skittles no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> i want um, i'm jealous i want you to pick out the skittles specifically <laughs> no do you know what we're, we're pretty normal to be honest i mean we always have fruit obviously water's compulsory we always have you know a tipple so it's changed over the years we used to have a bottle of brandy which was always for after the show just to you know sit down and have a bit of a nightcap before we all went to bed but that's changed now i think it's a bottle of rosé wine for after the show especially for marvin very much in that era of life these days but yeah i mean we as i say we keep it very very simple we all have a, always have our teas We've got like, you know, some Nuka honey, we've got water, we've got, you know, a couple of soft drinks, but we don't really do that too much. We like to have a squeeze juice every day. So that could be like carrot, apple, ginger, whatever. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Final question for you, my friend. Looking back at that past decade, since the JLS days to where you are now, how do you reflect on that time? What have you learned about yourself? And what are those takeaways of how you've changed careers, but also kept yourself grounded throughout everything? For me, I think one of the things I would say is always keep dreaming. You know, with this book as an example, I started the idea for it 
almost eight years ago. And for one reason or another, you know, I wasn't able to publish it. It was originally going to be a, ch a children's book for uh, sort of early years, so like a picture book, as I say, which didn't get published. I then tried to write it in rhyme. That didn't get published. You know, I wrote in prose again. That didn't get published. I pretty much tripled the word count that didn't get published. So, you know, that, that dream that I had of, of being able of, you know, writing a children's book had to stick out for the best part of about seven years, you know, which is tough because sometimes, especially when you get rejected and or, or you think, you know what, this isn't quite right, or there's no one really buying into this concept, this idea that I have, you know, keep continuing to go, continuing to drive, continuing to dream can be really, really hard. Firstly, I would encourage people to continue dreaming, you know, always keep that dream alive if that's something that you feel really passionate about and you recognize, you know, you have a talent within yourself to do and also to surround yourself with the right people you know i think whether it's you know a teacher or a parent or a sibling or a friend a colleague whatever it might be young or old the people that you have around you encouraging you helping you that you can confide in that you can talk to about stuff that you might be concerned about is really important for me of course you know my wife is incredibly supportive of what I do and you know anytime that I felt down or felt like you know what I should just you know, not bother with this leave this alone you know she always says you need to pick that up you need to do that come on keep going sometimes you just need that extra push sometimes to help you get over the line and and, and that's certainly the case as I say with this book but as you say going back even to JLS you know sometimes you know it's difficult when you're traveling away from home you know you're missing family events you know we, all four of us have are incredibly close with our families and always have been you know I think that's one of the reasons why we've remained relatively grounded over the years and it's for us you know missing out on, on family experiences is massive you know it does hurt and you often feel guilty and now obviously I've got my own family I often feel guilty if I'm missing stuff with them but as I say it's all about balance and and you know for, for me being able to have someone supportive say no go ahead keep chasing that dream keep doing what you're doing is really really helpful and important well I hope this becomes a tv show I could uh, there was a program back in the day called watch my chops on CBBC I could easily see this being on CBBC it first fits the narrative absolutely perfectly uh, JB Gill your book Ace and the Animal Heroes the Big Farm Rescue is out by now published by Puffin Books part of Penguin Books you've been listening to Securian Scare me Johnny so if you love boy bands like I do from the 90s and the on Skunisco, we've got episodes of Mark Reed from A1 and Brian McFadden from Westlife to name a few. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five star rating and review on Spotify and iTunes and click that subscribe button. It's so important we keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com